Why, hello, friends. You're listening to the Tabletop Tales, stories told collectively around, well, a, a table. I am the Melody Keeper, and if you are just now joining us, I am in the middle of singing a story. It is one of my favorites. It is known as the quest for the best song. Our story picks up in the middle of a heartbreak. The four heroes have just learned the true identity of who they thought was their map-keeping friend, Trevor. Now revealed to them as a chief of evil, the Hand of the Frost Mage. He has just deceived the party into hatching the Obsidian Dragon, and as the ultimate evil plan of the Frost Mage unravels beyond their grasp, the party readies for the fight of their lives. This Hand of the Frost Mage exchanges an array of combative words with our halfling, Willow Willowbelly. You're an evil man, Trevor! That's exactly what I am, little Willow! Exactly what I am! And you know what you are, Willow? What? You're gonna be just another one of those souls that gets trampled on by the Frost Mage. He's gonna freeze over this whole frickin' universe, and you're gonna die with him. Well, I've got news for you, Trevor. I'm not just another soul. I'm the f***ing defender of souls. You will pay for what you've done to the Emerald Dragon and for what you plan to do to this land. Trevor simply smiles as he waves his cloak and vanishes, reappearing on the bridge made of bone and ice. Everyone rolls for initiative. You approach the ice-covered Dragonbone Bridge and you feel that the air has gotten much colder. Waves crash up against the sides of the bridge and cold salty water sprays into the air. Trevor is casually leaning against the side of the bridge as if he's not at all concerned about you. All right, boys. Let's go ahead and get this over with, huh? Don't worry, Trevor. We'll make this quick. Willem, you're up. All right, I sprint forward, waving my staff in the air and just channeling this cold, salty air around me into a gust of wind. And then as I launch the gust forward, I leap into the air and shapeshift into a direwolf, landing on all fours as the gust of wind rushes ahead of me straight towards Trevor. Ooh, yeah. Okay, uh, Trevor, make a strength saving throw. Uh, 15? Ooh, sorry, I had to beat a 17. So Trevor gets blown backward over the edge of the bridge and begins falling down towards the crashing waves and rocks below. Nice. Trevor, your turn. As I'm falling, I cast Fly on myself. 
and slowly float all the way back up to the bridge, unharmed. Ah, shit. I growl in disappointment. Nice try, Fluffy. Okay, and then I release a bolt of lightning straight at Willow. Suck on these electrons, bitch. (laughs) As he blasts a lightning bolt. So you have to do a dexterity saving throw? (laughs) Shit. Yeah, it's a six. All right, you take 29 damage from his lightning as it just absolutely crushes you from the amount of energy. Yeah, I can take that. Don't worry. After my transformation, I regained my holy magic. I can heal you now. Unfortunately, Trevor still has two actions left this turn. Oh, no. Okay, so I hear Seth yell that. Then I immediately just turn around and shoot another lightning bolt. (laughs) Shit. Ass. Oh, my God. Seth, go ahead and give us a dexterity save to dodge. 13. That way. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Trevor. Launches a lightning bolt straight at Seth. Beans him, dealing 31 damage. That's all my health. Oh, man. I laugh and say, Oh, ho, ho. you are weak. You think you can beat me? Think again, little boys. Seth is absolutely charred from the lightning. Yeah. He gets knocked down to the ground and is struggling to even breathe as he fights for his life. Okay. So he's now making death saving throws. If he gets a 10 or below, it's a failure. Okay. Above 10 is a success. Okay. If he gets three successes, he becomes stable. If he fails three times, he dies for good. Oh my God. Oh, this guy's strong. Yeah. Trevor, you have one more action you can use. And I surround myself with a globe of invulnerability. <laughs> that is going to protect me from spells cast outside the barrier. As it goes over to Seth, uh, Seth has to make a saving throw. Oh, God. Eight. You can feel yourself slipping closer to death. So that's one fail. Oh, shit. We switch on over to Glon. Okay, so I pull out Vice's dagger and slash it through the air. Stop time. Disappear and then reappear right behind Trevor and slash him with the Sword of Ash. Come on, Glon. 17. Yes, it hits. Ah. Boom. Now roll for damage. 26. Bravo, Glonk. Glonk goes in with his scimitar of absolute darkness as it's pulsating through his forearms, slashes Trevor Black for 26 damage. But Trevor is resistant to all non-magical damage, so he only takes half of it. Uh, (laughs) Of course he is. Going right across his chest as we pan over to Crispin. Crispin moves and says, you know nothing of lightning. And then I take a deep breath and launch blue lightning at him, which passes right through this globe of invulnerability because it's not a spell. It's just good old-fashioned dragon breath. Oh, nice. Trevor, make a dex saving throw for me. Four. Yes. Crispin, as he launches this cone of lightning, dealing, holy shit, 18 damage. Whoa. Uh, but it's non-magical, so it is half. Wow. It goes through your globe of invulnerability, and much to your surprise, it shocks you for nine damage. And then I cast Spark Inspiration to Seth and Glonk. As we then move on to Willow. I ruin, go into a rage, and I leap through the bubble and uh, open my jaws to bite him. Okay, nine, but as a wolf, I've got the pack tactics ability, which lets me roll with advantage whenever I'm near an ally. So thank you, Glonk. Nice, nice. Roll for damage. Uh, 
23 damage. Nice. Oh, but it, it, it is non-magical, so it's reduced to 11. As uh, these chompers just come down right on his uh, left arm. Ow! And it breaks his concentration, lowering the globe of invulnerability. And we go to Trevor's turn. Okay, so I turn to Glonk and Willow, who are both right next to me, and I say, You want a taste of the Frost Mage's power? And I blast him with a cone of ice from my hands. Nice. You channel the Frost Mage within you. Mm. You <laughs> conjure up this hurricane of frost as you <laughs> throw a cone of cold out of your hands. Make a constitution saving throw, both of you. Never gonna happen. Um, eight? I got a ten. Okay, but... My damage is halved. I just got this thing called evasion at my seventh level that if I succeed, I entirely dodge area effects. And if I fail, then I only get half damage. My damage is also halved. I have resistance while raging to all damage except psychic. Nice. So Trevor, go ahead and roll eight D8s. Let's go. That's eight. That's eight. Uh, so dealing 21 damage to each of you. Easy. That was half? Oh, that, that was halved. No way. There was 42 damage total, half. <laughs> both of his hands shoot a cone of cold at both of your guys' faces. Hope you like frostbite, bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it hits me and my wolf form dies. Oh. I'm left just a, a shivering halfling standing right in front of him. Okay, I'm gonna cast another lightning bolt. But this time, I'm going to use my level 9 spell slot. No. You're going to do a 9? I'm going to go for Willow. Oh, shit. So you're about to send a lightning bolt with immense power and speed towards Willow. Willow, try to dodge. I rolled a 10. You're rolling 14 d6s. Dealing 56 damage. Half Dealing 28 damage. I'm still alive! Oh, my God. Let's go. It... Hits him as it like funnels him into the bridge. The power pushes him down, presses him down, yet he still stands. Yeah, I'm staring you right in the eyes. Yeah, I love Just it. Just taking the lightning. Okay, so I whirl around, launch another eighth level lightning bolt at Crispin this time. What do I have to beat? 17. 14. See ya, Crispin. Roll for damage. It launches straight into your very dragon bones dealing 45 damage to yourself. Yep, that takes me down. As you collapse onto the bridge, clinging to what little strength you have left. Let's go. Shit. I look over at Crispin and Seth, who are just both on the ground fighting for their lives, and then I look back at Glonk and I say, it's just you and me. I nod and say, just you and me. All right, we're going to swing on over to Seth. You're going to have to make a death saving throw. Yeah. Oh. Rolled a two. Shit. Yeah, I guess the bark inspiration can't really help you there. Ah, damn. Oh, boys, I'm one turn away. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should probably try to help him, but I mean, I don't think either of us can get over to him this turn. Yeah, I think we need to make sure we don't die first, and then we can try to help. Um, how much does a magic loaf from Grawl and Griddle heal? Ten. Great. I have 12 of those loaves. Oh my god. <laughs> I eat two of those, which bring me back up to 48 yes. health. Let's go! <laughs> we can do this. We can do yeah. this. <laughs> and then I run away from Trevor towards Seth. Yeah, yeah. It swings on over to Crispin for a save. Roll an each one Save your ass. 17. Yes! Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Put one down for the save. We'll swing on over to Willow now. Yeah, okay. I am in halfling form now. I cast Moonbeam on his location, and you have to 
Make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Nine. Yeah! Let's go, Willub! Um, so it hits dealing. 16 damage. 16. And this time it is magical damage, so he does take all of it. Let's go. Then I use my bonus action to shapeshift into a giant Lavoctopus. Yes. Exactly like the one we saw back in Temple Black. Yes. Wow. It's Trevor's turn. Okay, I noticed Glonk trying to run towards Seth, so I use my teleport to get in front of him and then cast Cone of Cold back at him and Willow. Both of you make a deck save again. 21. I have a 16. I mean, I have a inspiration. Yeah, yeah, big time. Okay, I've got 21 now. Both of you 21s. All right, so you both succeed. Blanc evades, taking no damage, and Willem takes one-fourth of the damage because he's a raging octopus. So if he does 40 damage in a cone, mm-hmm. yet uh, your abilities cause the damage to be reduced significantly. All right, you know what? I'm getting sick of you. Just freaking die already! And I launch another lightning bolt right in the beak of this octopus. So Willem, roll a dexterity saving throw on lightning bolt. 19, so I take half damage and then halved again. Roll 10 d6s. Hit me, dude. Easy. So it's 34, so halved, right? And halved again. So dealing eight damage directly to Willem. Nice, nice. So annoyed that he killed our healer first. Yeah. (laughs) That was a good choice. Okay, I'm shooting three magic missiles, all of them at Willem for... 11 damage. So you counter three arcane missiles and fire them all at the lava octopus. They slam into him, dealing five damage. As we go over to Seth, roll. Come baby, on, Seth. Roll. Come on, no, Seth. I have Seth. to roll. A three. A three. Or higher. Or higher. <laughs> a five. Holy <laughs> shit. Woo. I use bardic inspiration. Which is 1d8. Oh, fuck. I have to roll. Yeah, wow. Okay, I see the, the urgency now. Okay, so you need a six or higher here. Oh, God. It was a six. It was a six. You oh, needed a six. Oh, Feeling super inspired, you can add one one. to your successes. I have one success and two failures. Okay, this is still too close for comfort. Crispin's hanging on, but I feel like one of us really needs to get back over to Seth and use our help action to give him advantage on his next saving throw or or something. But, I mean, my movement speed as an octopus is 10 feet when I'm not in the water, so probably not me. All right. It's Glonk's turn. Okay, so I start sprinting towards Seth, and as I pass Trevor, slide and slash upward with both my Sword of Ash and the Vorpal Sword, and then use my fancy footwork feature to avoid his opportunity attack and keep running. Roll to hit. All right, 18 for my attack roll. It hits. Roll for damage. And then, um... 12! Wow. Plus my sneak attack damage. 31. 31 halved. You're slicing away at him. As you can see, the, the wounds in him start to get a little bit bigger and bigger. Uh, Trevor starts to actually like kind of lose a little bit of his mystique of, ah, that doesn't hurt. And he's actually like, uh, no! 
Great, so I skid to a stop next to Seth. Oh yeah. And I use my bonus action to help him. And then we move on to Crispin, who is going to make another death save. Um, okay. You got this. Woo! 16. Nice, put another one on the board, nice. boys. It is Willow's turn. I make a, a tentacle attack. It is 17. It hits. Nice. Nice. Now for damage, uh, it's 12 plus 2 is 14. So 7. This tentacle wraps around you for 7 damage. And now, as an octopus, when I hit you, I can grapple you with my tentacle, and you have to make a strength save to escape. Uh, you got to beat 16. 4. No. <laughs> so it grapples you. So while you're grappled, your speed is zero. We attack you with advantage, and you attack with disadvantage. Let's go, Willow! And then I slowly turn around and just, like, octopus slide forward, placing Trevor directly under the moonbeam that I summoned earlier. Willow, yeah! Willow Belly. <laughs> you end your turn as it goes to Trevor. Trevor, make a constitution save. A 12. Yes! It hits stealing. Uh, 15 magic damage. As this like giant moonbeam, because you're outside, just <laughs> beams him. He's just like laying there, like borderline lifeless, but he, he's still quite charming. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try to break out of this tentacle hold. All right, roll for strength. 15? Not a chance. I wrap my tentacles even tighter around you as you're just burning under this moonbeam. And then it goes over to Seth. With advantage. It's a seven. So you roll with advantage, so roll again. Okay. Yes! Oh my god! Back, baby! I got 11! So you're back. Wait, no, no, I only have two successes now. Oh. <laughs> I have two successes and two failures now. We gotta kill this guy. Like, right now. Right now. How? How? <laughs> uh, Glonk, you can continue with your turn. Let's F up. Use my dash to thin. Slash again. <laughs> Steven hits. 19. 19. It hits. Let's go. 30 damage. So 30, that's halved. So 15. 15. So with one HP left, Trevor is yes. bound by the arms of a giant octopus. Uh, yes! Looking up at this pitch black blade hanging over his head and the moonbeam shining off of this pulsating red gem in the hilt. And I say, what do you have to say for yourself? You still cannot win. You might think you're heroes, but guess what? You're not. Oh, you are not. And I slice his head off. As you slice yes! his head off right yes! then and there, he collapses to the ground, lifeless, as his masked head rolls to the edge of the bridge and into the sea below. I run over to Crispin and open up his mouth and shove a loaf of Grawl's miracle bread in. Yeah, I shapeshift back into a halfling and run over to Seth, and I conjure ten good berries in my hand and just feed them all to him. Yeah, you do that, and Crispin begins to feel the life come back into him as he stands up and brushes himself off. But Seth doesn't seem to be recovering. Oh. You start to see this faded look in his eyes as some magical wound seems to be taking hold of him. We have to get him back to Woodshire and find someone who can help. Uh, I don't think there's anybody in Woodshire equipped to deal with this. We'd have to take him to the Seven Sages or, or DuPont, maybe? I lean over Seth, holding his head in my hands and gently straighten the teardrop pen on his new robes and say, No, no, we'll never make it in time. We've got to get him to Ishrath. The Alliance used to be headquartered there before the Frost Mage claimed the city for himself. But they're resourceful. We built tunnels beneath this city. If there's an Alliance left on Ishrath, that's where they'll be hiding. 
They'll have the healers we need. Uh, that's a long shot. It's our only shot. After the way that battle went, I don't know if we're ready to fight the giant frost mage yet. We're all going to need healing and provisions and whatever help we can get. And if the alliance can give us that, then Crispin's right. We don't have a choice. We've got to continue forward, I think. All right, then. Let's not waste any time. I pick up Seth and throw him over my shoulder and start running across the bridge. I start to follow after Glonk and Seth as the party turns around towards the very long bridge that's miles and miles long towards this ice palace that's in the ominous distance. The darkness kind of shrouds the night sky with this moonlight glimmering off this ice dragon bridge. So as you guys are carrying Seth across the bridge, you start to see the water below you turn into jagged sheets of ice, crashing into each other with the waves. You notice several ships smash into pieces on the icebergs, all of them bearing the crest of the Alliance. Crispin looks out at the broken sails, really sad, and says, These waters used to be safe. The Frost Mage's growing power must be freezing the sea around Isharath, making it impossible to navigate. But if these ships were trying to get to the port, there must be some surviving Alliance members still stranded there. As dark as this frozen graveyard is, it means there's hope for us to find a healer. Mm. I look up at Dove Punt, who's perched on my staff, and I say, you think you could fly out ahead and maybe scout the harbor for us, little friend? Dove Punt looks at you, adjusting his binocular eyes curiously, and then lets out a coo, spreads his golden wings, and flaps off towards Isarath and I cast Beast Sense, which allows me to see through the eyes of an animal companion. I'm hoping Dove Pont still counts as an animal. Yes, the Great Forge's magic made him both animal and machine, so you close your eyes and begin seeing through Dove Pont's binocular eyes instead. What do you see? As Dove Pont flies over the water, you see more and more shipwrecks scattered throughout the frozen sea. In the distance, you see a giant glacial island with a massive fortress made completely from ice right in the center. A vortex of dark clouds swirl over the tallest spires. There's a huge fortress made of ice, surrounded by dark magic. As Dove Pond gets closer, you can see the harbor, completely frozen over. But you also notice a ship coming in. The ice seems to magically part in front of it, and it bears a frozen crown on its sails. Oh wait, there's a, a ship sailing in. They must be working for the Frost Mage. I try to get a closer look at it. Dove Pond's eyes zoom in as the ship docks, and dozens of slaves are marched off the ship, shivering in frozen shackles. The crew of the ship whips them and leads them towards the city, which is full of slaves. Hundreds of them, all bound with magical shackles, laboring and being violently beaten. I grit my teeth and say, it's a slave ship. The whole city's full of them. There's more than enough to overpower the guards, but they've got some kind of magical shackles on. We gotta help them. I think the best way to help them is to defeat the Frost Mage. That should break his spell. That's true. All right, do I notice anything else? You also notice that some of the slaves are being given pickaxes and led towards the cave opening outside of the city. It looks like there's a mine of some sort that they're sending a lot of the slaves into. Glonk, this is where Captain Tridon was going to send us. The mm. mines of Port Isarath. We were supposed to become slave labor here. Fate has smiled upon us. Now we must smile upon fate. 
That mine could be our best way into the tunnels under the city. We could try to get in through there. And what if we can't find the Alliance? I think our best shot at saving Seth would be to find a healer in the city. I don't know that we can just waltz into this city. I think this one, we might not be as welcome here as we've been in the past. I could pretend to be a slaver, and you could disguise yourselves as slaves. I like that plan. Yeah. Although they, they've they seen our faces a lot. That's true. Will, what are the slavers wearing? Yeah, I check out the slavers through Dove Pond's eyes. Yeah, they're all wearing just like very rugged um, leather mm-hmm. armor. Great, I've got that. That's also fur-ridden because it's cold. Uh, I don't have any furs. I say, don't worry, I've got you covered. And then I shapeshift into an arctic fox. <laughs> and I climb up around Glonk's shoulders and play dead. <laughs> That'll do. I cast Minor Illusion to create shackles and chains around Seth and I. Nice. Let me tell you guys a tale. The year is 1356, the time of lords, knights, and kings. You are an artiste. You don't grow your own food, you don't build your home, and you don't even fetch your own water from the well. How do you survive? You, of course, have the gift of song and the gift of storytelling, and your talents have gained the interest of a noble who has decided to become your patron. They pay you a sum of money for you to live and for you to get food and such in exchange for you to bless their life with the sweet sounds of your voice and the wonders of your tales. Uh, But today, that system is a little bit different. People with lots of wealth don't really pay salaries to artists anymore. But the idea isn't dead. Today's artists rely upon a community of people to pay them a small sum of money, and in return, those artists are able to spend their time creating art to give back to those people and enrich their lives in return. If you felt like listening to this podcast has enriched your life in any way, and if you're blessed with a small amount of extra money to give to artists, consider being a patron of the Tabletop Tales. Currently, we all work full-time jobs, and on top of that, we spend about 100 hours producing each episode. The more support we have from our listeners, the more time we're able to create our art and give back to you guys. Join for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash thetabletoptales. Thanks for considering being our patron. So you walk closer and closer to the city, and you approach the big gate, and the gate is open, and you see two guards standing out in front, two giant orcs, the biggest orcs you've seen. We just try to go straight in, full confidence. One of the guards kind of like takes a look at you guys, looks at you, Glonk, kind of like almost is like, no, this orc doesn't look right. I cast message right before and disguise my voice as their overseeing commander and say, Not these ones, then. They're special orders from the captain. Uh, give me a performance roll. 18. Upon you saying that, he just, like, straightens back up and looks forward. 
we pass on into the city. <laughs> you walk your way in. We are trying to maintain a look as if we are very normal here <laughs> and um, also looking around for anything that might be indicative of a healer. You kind of keep going forward and you see a group of guards. There's about 10 of them making their rounds throughout the city kind of head towards you. I keep my head down and try to avoid drawing any attention. Yeah, roll for stealth. 13. Uh, these guards come up to you. Hey, what are the uh, slaves doing outside of uh, the mine? Special orders. We push this one too far. I give Seth a little kick. <clears throat> he needs healing so he can get back to work. He's got a case of the Nipsies. He's gone. Just drop him off at the morgue and grab another one. Mm, orders to get him healed. Roll for deception. Uh, seven? Orders by who? You know that's not the drill. Um, he he kind of like gets more and more suspicious. Uh, some of the guards kind of like lean in, look over at you. I don't think you'd like to question who gave me my orders. Well, I don't think you want to question who gave my orders. I stand my ground, not breaking eye contact. Roll for intimidation. 19. Fine. All right. Take him to the healer. Point the way for me. Have you never been here before? My God. Down that way, past the Hulk and Howler. We'll be right back on duty. We start going that way. Don't let me catch you again. They kind of keep doing their their thing. They walk off. <laughs> okay. We make it to the healer. So you go down the right path. You see the hawk and howler. And then you see this big, like, medic symbol. I slam open the door and shove Seth and Crispin inside and say, Hey, we need to get this one healed. He needs to get back to work as soon as possible. You see the healer, an elvish woman, look up from what she's doing and her eyes get wide as she knocks quickly on the door behind her. Did you hear me? Aren't you the healer? This slave needs healing. Now! Suddenly the door opens behind her, and a silver dragonborn steps out into the room, looks you up and down and says, I... I recognize you. How did you get past the gods? From the mine. We've been slaving all morning. He's gone too far. He needs to get healed. <coughs> you, you're, you're Crispin of the Wisperix clan, the Alliance commander who vanished a thousand years ago. And the rest of you, you must be the heroes from the lullaby. I put a strong hand around his shoulder with my thumb on his neck and say, and what if we are? Uh, the prophecy, you're here to save us from the Frost Mage. I release. <sighs> I let the shackle illusion fade away and step forward and say, Alliance Commander Crispin Wisperix, at your service. I apologize for my unexpected absence, but right now we are in desperate need of a healer, an expert healer at that. Can you help me? I'm dying. Yes, of course. Come quickly, come quickly. He opens up a hidden hatch in the floor. <laughs> Through here, they'll know who you are. And I dart down the stairs. Thank you. And we head down into the tunnels. So you enter the HQ and it's like this massive underground like facility all booming with a bunch of underground dragonborns. You guys recognize that same symbol that you saw on the chest? The dragonborn? The dragon symbol? I'm amazed that there are this many supporters doing underground work right here in Port Isarath, right under the nose of the Frost Mage. All of the hustle and bustle just stops as they all stare jaw-dropped at Crispin. Attention, warriors! And then they all stand at attention. Mm -hmm. I am Alliance Commander Crispin Wishparix. I have been gone for many generations, and I know that none of you knew me personally, but I'm here now asking for help. You see, my companions and I plan to defeat the giant frost mage. But first, my angel friend here, 
He needs the hands of a skilled healer. The elvish woman you met upstairs steps up and says, We've seen this sickness before. The hand of the Frost Mage placed this same hex upon many of our men. Luckily for you, we have a remedy. She kind of roots around, gives push these potions, like pours them together, concoctions, and then gives you this, like, fuming blue potion. Thank you. I take a long pull from the potion bottle. Instantly, it feels like a wall of ice inside of you is melting as your body fills with warmth, and you start to regain your strength once more. Feeling better already. Thank you, healer. Of course, Angel. The hand of the Frost Mage wields powerful magic. Our best men were unable to stop him from stealing the Emerald Dragon Egg. We've defeated the right hand of the Frost Mage. The time is almost here for us to defeat the Frost Mage himself. Unfortunately, the Obsidian Dragon is hatched. That's right. The vile hand has been defeated, but not before he was able to corrupt the Emerald Dragon. For many centuries, this very alliance was sworn to defend the Emerald Dragon Egg. Those days are past. We now have a new priority. Defeat the giant frost mage at all costs, before Valengard and all of Harborn is lost. How are the troops? Do we have a force? The silver dragonborn steps forward and says, We have healers, strategists, and other great minds here, but very few of us are trained to fight. All of our soldiers went out in pursuit of the egg when it was captured by Tridon, but when they tried to return, the waters were too dangerous. We've been stranded here without reinforcements for months now. I wish we had more to offer you heroes. Uh, <laughs> that is quite all right, friend. Great minds are just as useful to us as swords and shields. We will take care of the Frost Mage, but there will be another battle in the mines and in the city. Use these tunnels. Use your stealth and cunning that I know the old alliance has. Spread the word throughout the slave camps. Their shackles will be broken. And when it happens, they must rise up against their captors and fight for their own freedom. Give them a message of hope and courage, for they far outnumber the slave masters. My companions and I, we will take care of the rest. The Alliance members nod in understanding. What about intel? What do we need to know? The main gate to the old ice palace we used to be headquartered in has been frozen solid. There's no way in or out. But there's still a tunnel that leads into the back of the fortress. We've boarded it up so that nobody enters it and risks detection by the Frost Mage. But if this is the day that we make our final stand, then he will discover us one way or another. All right, it sounds like we've got our entrance then. But the Frost Mage knows this prophecy. He's sent all kinds of monsters and henchmen to try and stop us before. We've defeated them all, but he must know by now that we're near. So even if this tunnel is our best bet, I wouldn't put it past the Frost Mage to anticipate us arriving through there. So we should still be prepared. Willow's right. We defeated the hand, but barely. The Frost Mage and the Obsidian Dragon will be far stronger than anything we've ever faced before. I turn to address the Alliance again, and I say, I know that we ask a lot of you. Know that we do not ask lightly. Truly, without you, this quest will not succeed. And so we ask anyway. Our party needs potions. We need our armor and weapons repaired. And we need whatever else you can offer us. For the Alliance. For Valengard. And for our beloved Harborn. You finish your speech and look out into the crowd of silent dragonborn, as one by one, raise their fists, take a deep breath, and let loose bursts of energy with their jaws, along with bellowing roars and howls. Dragon breath 
fills the air with flames, frost, and electricity as the Alliance members turn and run to their homes, trying to find anything they can that may help you on your quest. They bring you potions, offer you food, repair your armor, sharpen your weapons, all of them expressing their gratitude to you as they leave. And finally, when they've given you all they can, you leave them heading toward the bordered-up tunnel to begin your climb to the Ice Palace. Frostmage fallen, our prophetic heroes now travel deeper into this progressing song of old. If you are enjoying this story as much as I am, please help me reach other guests like you by sharing this podcast with your friends and rating or reviewing us. You can follow the Tabletop Tales on TikTok at underscore the Tabletop Tales or the Tabletop Tales on Instagram and Reddit at underscore the tabletop tales, on Twitter at underscore the tabletop, on Facebook at the tabletop tales, or you can just visit our website www.thetabletoptales.com. Of course, dear friends, this journey is not possible without our honorary party member and fellow adventurer, Lispin. Thank you for accompanying us. I would now also like to welcome a new guest around the tabletop. This movement is brought to you with the loving help of Grim. Thank you, Grim. You are now known by name by the Melody Keeper. If you would like to be known by name by the Melody Keeper and forever become a part of this podcast, I suggest you look further upon our Patreon page, where many exciting Harbornian treasures await you. You can find it on patreon.com backslash the tabletop tales. Now, in this movement, Trevor, the Hand of the Frost Mage, was played by Trevor Black. Our dungeon master was John Fusner. Seth was played by Drew Bommel. Crispin Wisperix was played by Chris Chaput. Glonk Dawkins was played by Cam Marigold. Willow Willowbelly was played by Kyle McCann. Additional voices by Chris Chaput, John Fusner, and Grayson Meadows. Sound editing by Kyle McCann and Cam Marigold. Sound design by Kyle McCann. Movement mixing by Drew Bommel. Score mixing by Cam Marigold. Original score by Christopher Chaput and John Fusner. We'll see you next time at the tabletop.